What is up, wrestling fans? Welcome to another episode of the Smartout Moment Smack Talk Podcast. I am your host, as always, Tony Mango, and joining me, as always, are Callum Wiggins. Hi. And Robert D. Felice. Hello. We got a double dose of call the spot on the card for you guys this week because it's money in the bank and we actually this year don't have the whole lingering question of who the people are and everything. So we can take care of both the women's money in the bank ladder match participants and the same thing for the men's. And we're going to do that in two separate videos and one podcast and uh, we're going to kind of break down everybody here are the eight competitors from bottom to top the same kind of things that we normally do here but if you have not ever followed call the spot we've done 18 of these in the past well technically we've done more than that but uh the ranking system kind of changes based off of how many people that we've got originally it was five categories wwe kind of screws that up a little bit here and there so we've got eight this time around and here's the kind of bottom to top that we're going to go with we've got to balance out the equation, erased from history is the very bottom of the barrel. That is the person who is going to just be everything that they've done is eradicated, they don't exist, and you kind of Thanos snap them, essentially. Uh, then we move up a little bit higher to somebody who gets released. They are not erased from history, they are just taken out of WWE. Then the jobber spot. Lower mid-card, mid-card, that's a full-on mid-range of that. The upper mid-card, the main event level, so, you know, your championship or just about that. And then you got the Hall of Fame, top of the top, somebody who is maybe not necessarily, like, retired, but maybe they could be, depending on your arguments, or maybe they're above the championship, they don't need to win it anymore, that kind of a thing. And that's how we're going to break this down. We're going to do the women's uh, participants first and then the competitors for the men in the second section. So stay tuned for all that stuff that's happening. And we invite you to do the same in the comments below and tell us what your breakdown is and what you thoughts, your thoughts are on uh, all the stuff that we're going to be saying. So that's your breakdown for all the setup stuff except for who we're going to be talking about. And for the women's section, we've got in alphabetical order – Alexa Bliss, Bailey, Carmella, Dana Brooke, Ember Moon, Mandy Rose, Naomi, and Natalia. Those are the people who are going to be competing in the 2019 Money in the Bank ladder match. And obviously, when we get to the predictions of the Money in the Bank pay-per-view, we're going to be talking about who we think is going to win the match and how that's going to all play out. But this is completely disregarding anything when it comes to predictions. It's just purely like a marry, fuck, kill type of thing. So, all that out of the way, let's go bottom to top, and let's start with, who are we going to erase from history? I got a feeling we're all going to agree on this one. It's kind of an easy pick, and there really is no other way. It's got to be Dana Brooke, right? Bye, Dana. Yeah, that I feel bad, but there's it's it's a clear answer. There's really no argument to anything else. If you picked anybody else, it's just a vendetta. Like, Dana Brooke hasn't won a championship. She hasn't been an integral part of any kind of feuds. She has already been in WWE for a long enough time now that we know that, like, she's she's not going to reach that next level, most likely. Although she's doing better right now than she's been for a while, so, you know, you never really know. And it's just, it's the easy pick and really the only choice. There was actually... This and then one for the men that I felt like 
you have to pick that and there's really no other choice and we're going to get to that when we get to the men thing but everything onward I think that we could have a wide variety of options and I'm going to start off with the released and say something that I don't know if anybody else is going to have but I went with Ember Moon my uh, philosophy behind it was it's not crap and honor it's that she's been overlooked and out of everybody that's in the rest of this list, I don't know if I would want anybody else to leave and go to another company and try to make something of themselves. Like Naomi, for instance, I think she's a WWE lifer. I think that Alexa Bliss going elsewhere, she wouldn't be on the same platform and so on and so forth. Ember Moon, I feel like if she were to go and just be Athena in AEW, she could do better than what she's been doing in WWE. What do you guys got? Who wants to go? I uh, love Carmella. Because she's got other ventures with her wine brand and she's branching out. And really, I don't think it would be that much of a hit to the company if she were to leave. And if anything, if she was desperate to get back into wrestling, there's always the end zone cast pairing depending on their relationship and how all that is going. Uh, I went with Naomi. I think it's mainly due to the fact that I think that she's probably the most stale act out of all of them on the, on, that we have the choice between. Uh, she's been there for, must be over a decade at this point, if you count her time in FCW and NXT and all that stuff. Uh, she's already won the championship. She's probably not going to reach that level again because there's just too many people past her in terms of popularity and just level of skill. And I just don't think that she really adds anything to the shows anymore beyond just being somebody you can fill into a feud as the token babyface. But it's it's kind of just those sort of lines because. I mean, it maybe it's like sort of slightly personal in the sense of like she's probably my least favorite act out of all of them, but it's also along the lines of I I get what you guys are saying about the fact they wouldn't hurt Carmella to go or Ember Moon would make more success for time outside of WWE because they almost undoubtedly would. But I'm trying to take this by the perspective of if I was running the company, this is where I would position them. Yeah, and yeah, and the sense of like. Oh yeah, Ember Moon would do better outside of WWE, but it's my WWE, and I want to push her to the top because yeah, that's true. she's really talented. I mean, you could do that trying to trade off of being like, "Well, let's actually push Ember Moon," and then you have to put somebody else in that spot. And if you're going to do that, then I would have to lean towards either Carmella or Naomi, and that's kind of what leads a little bit into my jobber pick, which is Carmella. And my rationality behind that was. If Ember Moon goes elsewhere, she can make it better for herself. Carmella, I don't think, would. And whether she's a babyface or a heel, I think that the best thing, that like the strongest point that she has going for her is her character work. That she can, as a heel, she can be the type that's like a coward who gets her ass beat and like runs away from the babyfaces like a Becky Lynch or something. And as a babyface, she could be like kind of what she's been doing a little bit recently, although they haven't been having her really wrestle all that much, but somebody who can go out there, kind of get the crowd a little bit hyped and then lose to a Lacey Evans or a Charlotte or, you know, something like that. 
I kind of look at her as sort of like a Heath Slater a little bit. So she's my jobber. My jobber? I went with Naomi. Thinking she's going to stay with the company. She is on the road with Jimmy Uso. It's, it's just better for their relationship. She's a good hand in the ring. Kind of like the babyface version of somebody like... I was going to say Tamina, but Tamina's just a jobber, not really a good hand in the ring. But she's a good babyface who can put over talent when it's time. Uh, I put commenter as well in my job spot. Just because she's the probably out of a lot of them, one of the least talented in the ring, but she's got a good babyface persona. Especially recently, I think the stuff that she's been doing with R-Truth it's made her much more likable and much more uh, pleasant to just view in even if it's in these like seven second dance breaks or promo segments uh but yeah she could just be a lovable baby face that gets beaten up by a nasty but like giant heel she could probably take that beating pretty well and then if she and she's proven in the past that if she does want to be a heel she can do it pretty well in some sort of like chicken shit capacity as long as she's not champion again, then that's fine. But that's that's why she'd be a jobber. Yeah. Because jobbers don't become champion unless you're Jinder Mahal or Carmella or Swagger. <laughs> Swagger yeah. no, was Nicola. never really like a jobber. They, they pushed him. Yeah. I'm trying to think of just some other ones. There's been plenty. The so B team. Be. Yeah. Or they Kofi. became tag champs. Uh, Santino. He didn't yeah. become world champion, but intercontinental. David Docket. <laughs> <laughs> so that moves us up to lower mid card, and lower mid card is that kind of in between range. You're not quite a jobber, but you're not going to be somebody who's necessarily like, if you're competing for a championship, everybody knows you're not going to win. That kind of level, sort of <laughs> like in this match itself. I mean, realistically, like, I mean, taking it out of the whole scenario of us ranking them, you look at these women that are in the money in the bank right now, and I don't think that anybody's really going to assume that, for instance, Naomi is going to win. Like, she could, but I don't think she's in, like, that top running. And that's kind of where I'm putting Naomi in my lower mid card here. Like, she's the veteran who puts people over. She deserves better than that, but, uh, you know, you can't put everybody in the other spots because that's kind of the, the name of the game. So I don't want to put her lower than that and put Carmella above her, but I can't put Naomi above any of the others. Uh, I'll go with mine then. I went with Alexa Bliss because, there's, I mean, there's, there's a multitude of reasons. One, I think she's... She's not terrible in the ring, but she's average at best, I'd say. Uh, she's very injury prone, as been proven in the last year or so. So she can't be trusted to be in a main event spot because she could get injured the next week and could be out for a couple of months. And she's also more commonly seen on Raw nowadays doing her Moment of Bliss segments as opposed to actually being in the ring. So you can just have her in that role as mainly as a host or a, a character role rather than being in the ring. 
but I wouldn't put her as like when she is in the ring, then she can still occasionally win matches, occasionally lose matches. She's already a five-time champion. She never needs to be champion again. At least as far as I'm concerned. And yeah, her real strength is in her character work and promo ability. So keeping her out of the ring as much as possible is actually a benefit to her. I went with Mandy because I don't think she's ready for any kind of major singles run. And she's almost the heel equivalent to what I was saying about Naomi. If they don't push her to the moon, she can be a good heel who gets heat, you know, on the mic and then loses to Io Shirai or whoever the next big baby face they're trying to build is. See, that's where I gave her the next highest spot, the mid-card spot. She's good enough to be featured, but not good enough to be that perpetual uh put the belt on her and give her a bunch of responsibilities type yeah that, that, i followed the same thing with uh putting mandy rose in the mid card spot i think she has i think she's better in the ring than alexa which is a benefit to her uh but other than that they're very similar in terms of look style sort of the same sort of heel attitude that they take so in that, in that sense, they're comparable. I think Mandy Rose's ceiling is a bit higher, which is, seems odd because Lex Bliss has already been champion multiple times and is pretty much one of the faces of the women's division. But Mandy Rose could do that and also add the actual in-ring ability on top of what Alexa Bliss already offers. And even though she's not as strong in the microphone, I think she could definitely be pushed towards the title a lot more fittingly. And yeah, so she's not ready quite a second, but she needs to be featured more and be on that journey upwards. And I would use those exact words to describe Ember Moon, somebody who I think, if utilized properly, can be a great asset to the women's division. I'm looking forward to seeing what she does on SmackDown, but she's not there yet. She needs to be rebuilt almost because her raw run was garbage. So rebuild her and start getting her ready for the upper mid card and the main event. So it's interesting because now we're down to the final three and Callum still has Ember Moon on the board. Uh, Two of us still have Alexa Bliss on the board. All three of us still have Bailey. All three of us still have Natalia. And was it one more Naomi, I think? No, we all said Naomi. Yeah, yeah, we've uh, I've got Naomi as a as released, Rob has her as the uh, jobber, and you have her as the lower mid card. Oh, I'm thinking of the um, two Alexa and one for Ember. That's that what balances that out. Yeah. So, I think we might be leaning in the right direction, or in the same direction, not necessarily the right one, when it comes to our final pick, but I'm going to save that a little bit here, because uh, we have upper mid carder, and I went with Bailey. Uh, yep. To me, Bailey has grown stagnant, not just once, but multiple times. And she was really like, you know, top of the line in NXT. And once she won that title, everything just went downhill. She had her Nia Jax feud, and that didn't really serve much of a purpose. She lost the title pretty quickly to Asuka. 
came onto the main roster and was overlooked and it took a long time for her to get that build. And then once again, she won that title and it just didn't work out all that well. And now she won those tag titles and that didn't work out well. And I kind of feel like Bailey is better chasing the title than being the champion. I agree. And that's why I have Bailey in the exact same spot. I think Bailey at any point can easily grab the two higher spots as for Hall of Fame or main event. But right now she's been wasted on almost the entirety of her main roster run. And yeah, she was raw women's champion, but it was Does almost anybody never, remember it? it was like never even about her. And she lost it to Alexa. She did lose to Alexa. Right. And then she just was on a downward slope ever since. And she had that brief, resurgence for the women's tag title and with the way that ended up it's almost becoming a gag on her you know so i think bailey needs a lot of work done but she can still be a main eventer soon and that's why i have her in the upper mid card i uh, guess callum has ember moon in this spot yes i did okay got it right just because she's less established than bailey but you can't deny the fact that she's probably the best wrestler at, at, at the moment in time. Obviously, Natalia has a lot of ability, and you can look at Naomi has a lot of athleticism as well, and Bailey's a very, is very good like, in terms of a storytelling capacity. But I think Ember Moon, at this point in time, is just leaps and bounds above other people. She's got the most stylish and inventive finishing move. She's extremely athletic, extremely quick. And I think you can just build her up to just outside of that title picture, like the next person knocking on the door for the title, just based on giving her good matches with people, which I just haven't been doing. I mean, they haven't used her at all. No. I mean, you could talk about, like, Bailey, they've wasted her, but at least they've given her pushes and bursts. You, obviously, they've used Alexa, probably overused Alexa, uh, Mandy, they've given bits and pieces to. Carmella's been champion before. Naomi's been champion before. Ember Moon came onto the main roster, had like one or two matches, and then basically disappeared. She didn't even get a good run in NXT. Like she won that title after Asuka left. You know, yeah. she didn't get that whole like I beat Asuka, now I've proven myself. It was sort of like, well, you couldn't beat Asuka twice or however many times that it was, and now that she's no longer in there, now you're the second best option. And then I yeah. think she lost on her first title defense, right? Or was second. it her second? Yeah. No, yeah, because so they should... did the whole thing with like where she like barely retained against Gina, right? I mean, if they were telling the story correctly, she should have lost on her first title defense. But it, it's just a case of I think she has enough in. She could be like the upper mid card talent that's the ring veteran, not the ring veteran, but the ring general or the one that you can guarantee to put on four-star matches every single night with the right opponent, obviously. I mean, if you put it on there with, like, Billy Kay, you're probably not going to be. <laughs> I knew you were going to go with Billy Kay for some reason. I was literally just about to say Billy Kay. I don't know why she I mean, popped I could, my I mind. I could have said to Mina. Yeah. I could have said half the women's roster, and you're probably not going to get a four-star match. But if you put her with uh, Bailey, you put her with Charlotte, you put her with Becky, Lin Becky Lynch, you're going to get a good match. And she's going to play a big part in that. And I, th I think that's why you could kind of push her 
just based on ring work alone towards the top in today's age. And I think that she has enough personality, even though we haven't seen it, to that she could do well in that side of things as well. Obviously, that's more of an unknown quantity because she's not really been given a chance to. But I'd, I'd still, I still think, yeah, just based on her in really acumen, she's worth being close to the top. See, I'm going to kind of, this isn't meant to be like totally dumping on her, but uh, I mean, it's going to kind of come out that way. I can't really say it any other way. I feel like Ember Moon sucks on the mic. And in WWE, she's the type that she could be a great in-ring person. Like, she's got that down. Like, she's she's fun to watch in the ring. But I feel like every time she cuts a promo, and this isn't just her, this is a lot of the different women. I keep mentioning how, like, Sasha Banks does this kind of stuff, too. But I feel like she gets in her own head, and she hasn't had enough time in, like, promo classes and everything to really kind of, like, get to a level where she feels comfortable. And when she cuts these promos everything's like let me just bob my head back and forth and repeat whatever crap they want me to repeat and i hate it whenever moon talks i want her to not be the talking type and if she does that and she just like you know goes out there and she wrestles wwe is not necessarily the best fit for her and i feel like that is why i put her in the aew release her and make her go elsewhere kind of thing because then again we don't know how aew is going to work but I kind of look at AEW as being more, let's go out in the ring and have good matches and not be the entertainment side, whereas WWE is more like Alexa Bliss being the type where she's not the best in the ring, but damn, can she cut a promo? You know what I mean? Like, that's my flaw with the pushing Ember Moon to the top type thing. I think she's got a stealing past the whole, like, you're going to ring, but now we need you to be a character. I mean, I, I think that's fair in the sense of if you're just looking at this as in we're still we, we once we make all these changes or whatever, we're living in at, like the WWE that it is currently. Whereas if you live in the fantasy WWE, which I'm trying to create in my mind, <laughs> they're able to just be their own characters. And instead of being given two pages of script, they have to learn word for word. They're just given cliff notes and able to say whatever they want alongside and then maybe maybe she's still terrible at promos but i think essentially the wwe style of things or the way they present promos and it, this is obviously a huge topic which we won't go into because we could be here all night it's just a sense of that that style of promo delivery or the way they teach people to do promos just inherently makes most people bad at promos and only a few people are able to get away with it just because they're not really wrestling promos. They're act they're actors doing wrestling stuff. Yeah. And I know what you're saying as far as, you know, release her and send her to AEW, but I would much rather be able to see her on a more frequent basis because she's really good. She's one of my favorite female wrestlers, and I think that given the right opportunity, she'll do great in WWE. If there was a change in philosophy, she totally would. I just kind of look at that as being like, I'm kind of stuck. Let me move these people around the card. And sometimes fantasy stuff. I mean, you know, there's we're not tying anybody to anything here. <laughs> yeah. 
So we have the main event and the Hall of Fame spots left, and we have some of the same people. And I'm going to venture a guess and say I think I know how everybody's going to play this out. Because two of us have Alexa Bliss left. All of us have Natalia left. I'm thinking that Rob and I have the same. And Callum, I think you have Bailey for main event, Natalia for Hall, for Hall of Fame. And I think that Rob and I have Alexa for main event and Natalia for Hall of Fame. Correct. Have you ever thought of making work on the circuit as a like mind reader? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, when you get to the final thing, we always kind of do the, the last two because what's the point of being like? And the last thing is the one we haven't talked about yet. But So I came about this probably the same way that you guys did, where one of the the first thing that I did on this list was I put Dana Brooke at the bottom and then I put Natalia at the top. I was like, if anybody gets into hall of fame, unfortunately, even though I want eventually Bailey and Naomi and Alexa to get in there and hopefully Amber moon gets a career enough to be able to do that. And the same thing for, you know, I hope that for Carmella and I shit, I even hope that for Dana Brooke, if she does well enough, but if I had to put one of them in the hall of fame and nobody else could go in, it has to be Natalia. Yeah, I mean, Natalia, first of all, has the bloodline and has been in the company now for 11 years on the main roster and has consistently provided great matchups, even when great matchups weren't, you know, their thing. When they brought up the Divas title, the first Divas championship match, Natalia was in it. She's a key player to everything going on in WWE right now as for the women. And you have to honor her at that Hall of Fame. That being said, Alexa's Hall of Fame bound already too. Yeah. And that's why she gets the main event spot. She's too good on the mic to not keep her in a top spot. And even though she's not the best in the ring, she gets better reactions and she pushes the the whole landscape more just by cutting a couple promos than most people do in a you know, three month feud. So Callum, you have Natalia at the hall of fame too, and you've got Bailey for main event, Mm -hmm. same kind of rationality of like, well, Natalia has to be in that spot. So Bailey gets the next best. Uh, it's not as much a case of like when Natalia deserves that spot, I wouldn't just say that she has to be in it. It's more of a case of she's obviously the most tenured name, if I had to put her anywhere else on the list, then I probably would put her towards the mid card or maybe yeah. the job spot just because she's she could be used to elevate other people at this point in her career. And that's mainly how she's being used anyway. But I think, yeah, she has like the years put in, the the championship wins, the skits, good, bad, or indifferent. Like she's been involved in basically any capacity and she's also even beyond the lifer in terms of WWE and the fact that she'll probably be end up like the female head trainer at NXT in the, at Full Sail University at some point. She should. Yeah, so she'll she'll be an integral part of the performance center for years to come at this point. Either that or she'll or she'll find a similar role in a different organization if WWE for some reason decide they don't want her. Which they'd be probably insane to do, but they're not known for being sane. So and the, the reason why I put Bailey in the main event is because NXT has proven that with the right story, with the right arc surrounding her, 
she could be the top babyface in any promotion. Obviously, in today's WWE, it doesn't work, and they've done too much damage to her to make it even a remote possibility at this point. But you you still get little signs, like that promo that she cut against Charlotte and Becky from last week's SmackDown, where like people really got behind her. They made her... It's, uh, you can still make her the like person that likes hugs and like a very kind and giving baby face while also giving her an edge and not willing to take shit from people that like see her as a pushover. You can do that. Just WWE in its current way of writing and formatting stuff is incapable of doing that. But well, well, I say that some people in WWE are the ones that have also worked in NXT like Triple H and William Regal seem to know how to do that sort of thing. So if they were given the ball, they would be able to say, take Bailey and say, yep, that's our top baby face. And I usually like to, when I do decide on these uh, corn spot lists, to put a baby face in the main event spot because in my mind, that's really how it should work. It should be a top baby face. And you should only really be a heel in there if any of the baby faces just aren't up to scratch. Yeah, I mean, it should be like Hogan, Austin... That type yeah. thing, like you should build around a baby face and give them heel challengers, as opposed to have a heel that needs somebody to step up. Yeah, exactly. And I, while I understand the approach of going with Alexa Bliss, it's just a case of more beyond just the fact that it's not as much the ring work because we know that in WWE it doesn't really matter as much if your ring work isn't up to par. But it's just more about the fact that she's inconsistent in terms of her like ableness to actually work. I mean, it's the same issue with, like, a Daniel Bryan from years ago. Do you want to give her the top belt when she could go down with a concussion in the next couple of weeks? Right. Like, I understand that she's very important in terms of character and as her promobility shows, but she just won't help. I wouldn't give her the title anymore just because she has proven in the last year or so that she can't stay on the roster for more than a couple of months at a time. Yeah, I mean that's a that's as good of a uh, means to kind of get around that as you can possibly go with, and you know, different scenario if like, say, if I could like pitch in the fantasy world that we can repackage Bailey, then I'd probably switch him. I'd probably put Alexa Bliss in the upper mid card and Bailey in the main event. I'm kind of judging them a little bit by who they are right now, and I'm looking at Bailey and going. Mm. Yeah. I want to live in the fantasy world, Tony. Yeah. The fantasy world is it. so much better than the current world. <laughs> I don't blame you. Yeah, Tony. In this fantasy world, we don't go to Saudi Arabia. <laughs> <laughs> in this fantasy world, Saudi Arabia is just, uh, you know, Saudi Arabia has seen the light. Saudi Arabia yeah. has seen the light, and it doesn't, like, treat people in the way that it does. It doesn't kill journalists for saying <laughs> bad stuff about us. <laughs> All right, so let's break down our lists one more time for anybody to kind of go through recap mode. Uh, bottom to top, mine was Dana Brooke, then Ember Moon, Carmella, Naomi. Mid-card section was Mandy Rose. Then we get to the upper mid-carder of Bailey, the main eventer of Alexa Bliss, and the Hall of Famer, Natalia. I'm erasing Dana from history. I'm releasing Carmella, keeping Naomi as a jobber, Putting Mandy Rose in the lower mid card, Ember Moon square in the mid card division, 
Bailey in the upper mid card, Alexis in the main event, and Natalia is in the Hall of Fame. Uh, Dana Brooke writes from history. Naomi released. Carmella Jobber. Alexa Bliss lower mid card. Mandy Rose mid card. Ember Moon upper mid card. Bailey main event. Natalia's Hall of Fame. So it's kind of interesting that even though we have some a little bit of variety here, we do kind of agree on some things. Like, I mean, we all have Dana Brooke at the bottom. We all have Natalia at the top. We all have Mandy in like that middle range and Bailey in that number two, number three spot, kind of. And Carmella and Naomi are kind of hovering that bottom section. It's mostly just a, a matter of do you put Ember Moon like at the release or the mid card or the upper mid card kind of thing that she's the one that moved around the most kind of interesting. Very similar sandwiches. Yeah. It's still the same meat cheese, same type of bread, hopefully like ciabatta or something. You got a ciabatta. So tell us what you thought about our list and what your list is. But in the meantime, stay tuned and we will be right back with the second part of this, the men's competitors for the money in the bank 2019. Welcome back, everybody. We are on the second part of our Call the Spot on the Card, number 18 edition. Uh, if you count the fact that we're just doing these in groups, this is the uh, latter half of the group. We're talking 2019 Money in the Bank participants. So we talked to women in the first part. Go back and check out that YouTube video if you're on that. We're obviously, if you're on iTunes and Stitcher, then you just heard that. But now we're moving on to the men's competitors. And those men are in alphabetical order. Ali, Andrade, Baron Corbin, Braun Strowman, Drew McIntyre, Finn Balor, Randy Orton, and Ricochet. So if you did not check out the women's part, that explains how the Call the Spot works. Do that. I'm not going to break that whole thing down again, do all that all over again. So uh, we're just going to jump right into this here. And we're going to start bottom to top, same as we always do here. And... I'm wondering if we're going to have the same type of thing when it came to the women. We all agreed on a couple, like the top and the bottom at the very least. We might not on this one, but I went with Ali for a race. And it's sad to do that because I like Ali quite a bit. I really want him to be like a mid-card champion this year. But sadly, if you're looking at the people that are on this list, he's the one who's accomplished the least. So if you were to remove him from the history books you are doing the least disruptive thing. That's my rationality. <laughs> uh, th that's usually my rationality to go along the lines of choose someone who's actually had the least amount of impact because then if they're away from history, it doesn't change too much. But we have a very, like, a real opportunity here. You're going Baron to, Corbin. <laughs> to save WWE. <laughs> <laughs> So yes, of course I chose Baron Corbin. I would have been so some... like surprised if you would have been like Drew McIntyre. <laughs> like what? Because... No, I can't. I can't. I can't let that body go to waste. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's more along the lines of you get rid of Baron Corbin, you improve the past few years of WWE <laughs> just by his mere absence. Uh, I it just like I know we we do shit on him. Well, I do. Tony Tony likes him. But it's the case of along the lines of the way that they booked him, he's so overexposed. He's a detriment on any segment he's involved in now. Because, he, yes, he's okay with his pro promos and he's not terrible in the ring, 
but it's just the aura that surrounds him now. Just a sense of like if, when a Baron Corbin segment is on, my inclination is to fast forward. So I I'm not going to give it a chance because he's wasted all his chances. And the fact that they keep pushing him to such a high level, the fact that he is going to be in this Money in the Bank match is just painful to me. You're going to hate so, that he's my uh, main eventer. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. He isn't. <laughs> who do you got? Who do you got erased, Rob? Um, listen, I like Baron Corbin. And I still erased him from history because <laughs> I'm over it. Like, like Callum said, this is a good chance to just save the progression of the current WWE scene. I don't know why they like corporate casual Baron Corbin. I'm very much over it and I don't want I don't even want him in this match. See, I will argue this point though. I I erased Ali from history because he was the least disruptive and I felt like if I took anybody else out then I ruined some certain things. And I also it, this sounds kind of like a, a mercy kill almost. I didn't want to put Ali in like the jobber spot. And I feel like I would have had to. Like if you swap, I'll just spoil it. Baron Corbin's my jobber. If you swap them around, I feel like that kind of does a disservice to Ali. And I almost would rather him not be there and jobbing than for that to be the case. You know what I mean? I, I do. I do get that argument but you're being very altruistic in that regards whereas i'm being completely selfish in the sense of <laughs> baron corbin has, has utterly ruined my experience of, of watching any sort of wwe programming so if he's on it then like i i suffer so if ollie has to job out a few times for the next <laughs> couple of years whatever then that's a small price to pay for uh like baron corbin just never having existed let me just say, it... I can already tell we have very different lists. <laughs> just, just along the lines of, like, if you look at, like, Corbin stuff, if you get if you erase Corbin from history, uh, you might have a different winner of that Money in the Bank match. Like, Shaq could have won the Money... Not the, not the Money Bank, uh, the Andre Giant Battle Royal. You could have had Shaq win it, <laughs> which would at least been funny. Uh, you would have had one Money in the Bank ladder match, which wouldn't have gone to waste. You would have had, uh, yeah, you wouldn't have had him as the GM. You would have had someone else's GM of Raw for a while. Uh, just along those lines of like, there's nothing that he's done which is an overarching positive. There's he brought back I've... the word constable. That's positive. <laughs> <laughs> he's a constable. If you switch the O and a U. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, we we are gonna have some very different lists here, and I think that another reason why is because my released is Finn Balor. I I'm, I'm in agreement with you. Wow. Okay. Are you in the same what? boat as uh, let him go to AEW and be a top guy? No, it's it's more along the lines of I I like him the least out of all the other people that's left, except the Hall of Fame one, which we all know who it is, so we don't need to even really suggest it too much. And I'm putting him there. It's so clearly Braun Strowman. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm putting him there because besides the the top and the bottom, he's the one that I'm least connected with. The one that would, like you say, would do the best outside of WWE. And it's just like he's been there. Even though he's only been there a few years, it still feels like it's been too long. 
And you know, I kind of agree with you on that uh, whole connection point too, because I look at, I mean, I, I put Ali for erased, but I kind of enjoy Ali right now a little bit more than Finn Balor. I'm definitely more invested in Andrade more, even though I'm in the minority here. I am, I enjoy Baron Corbin more than I enjoy Finn Balor as far as like character work. Braun Strowman, of course, I like better because I always tout Braun Strowman. McIntyre's got more of an upside. Randy Orton, of course, and Ricochet. Like everybody has something that they bring to the table a little bit better than uh, Finn Balor to me. And Balor is very trustworthy to have good matches, and he could be more. But the Finn Balor that we keep getting in WWE, I feel like there's something missing. I hate the demon thing. I think it's so dumb. I've ragged on that, you know, to no end. And I feel like that's where, if he were to go to AEW, and he would just be Prince Devitt or Virgil Devitt or maybe some other kind of name or something like that, I feel like he could fit in really well there and be one of their main event players. So that's, again, kind of a little bit of like the Ember Moon scenario that I had going on. But, Rob, you don't have Finn Balor in the release. Who who do you have? And listen, I agree with you in the sense that maybe everybody in this list brings something better to the table than Finn Balor does. But I'm also going to take what Callum said. I connect with everybody on this list just a little bit more than I do with Braun Strowman. I I'm, I just, I'm actually, yeah, I'll, I'll obviously let you go on off this one, but my, it was actually a toss-up for me between Finn Balor and Braun Strowman. Uh. <laughs> Listen, I'm, o- I'm over Braun Strowman. They had a very small window with him last year, and they squandered it, and I'm over Braun Strowman. I believe that Braun Strowman is now around to be the topsy-turvy. He could be a babyface. He can be a heel, just like they do with the big show. You know, I, I don't want to see him. So I released him. Hmm. Go to the movies or something. Yeah, that's that's sort of similar logic though I had. I think they've just completely wasted him. And the only redeeming quality that he has at the moment is the fact that he's big. And it's it's interesting because if whichever one I didn't release, I was gonna push Kylie because just because of their stature and their just their reputation. But I went, ended up going with Balor just along the lines of he's probably going to be more of a success on the independent circuit. Whereas Braun, if he was to be released from WWE, he would have to make do of being like a wardrobe or something. And, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's it's more along the lines of with with Balor. I, I, there's nothing that I can I see with Balor that he does better than anybody else in the roster. Yeah. He certainly doesn't have a better character than anybody. He's great in the ring when he's especially put up with somebody who's really good. Like, you know, if like Balor and Styles are going to have a match, it's going to be good. But then again, Styles can have better matches with people or Daniel Bryan could potentially or Ricochet could or, you know, like if you were to say to me, who's your go to guy for in ring performances? Balor's up there, but at the same time. He's not my top five or something. That's fair. You know, but again, I just I do not care about Braun Strowman anymore. So I'd much rather see him leave. 
So let's move on to Jobber, and I spoiled mine already, so I'll just say it. Baron Corbin is my Jobber. He gets heat, so he can get beaten up. It's my rationality. Send him out there, have a baby face, humiliate him. Callum, go first. No. Stop the ducky. Hey, well, then, in that case, Ricochet is my Jobber. Boo. Right I'm, now. I'm really depressed about your list. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, right now, I honestly I ranked the guys one by one, and I knew who I wanted at the bottom and the one name I wanted at the top. And Ricochet just fell into the jobber position because he's he's good, but I don't see him thriving on the main roster. Let me put it that way. Like if this was an NXT ranking, he'd be in the main event, but I don't see him thriving on the main roster. Ali is my jobber. So and that's it was why a... I didn't put him in that. I let him go from history. <laughs> yeah, but I'm like it's selfish, as I said earlier. Baron Corbin must die. But it's just a case of Ali is very, very good in the ring, and he can make a lot of giants like Lars Sullivan and Braun Strowman and Kevin Owens look dominant in defeat. And I just think he's got less charisma than Ricochet, even though he's extra. He's he's got a different kind of charisma. Ricochet has a charisma where you can kind of believe that he can win a lot of matches and show a lot of like ability. He has a cockiness about him, a cocksure nature. Whereas Ali is very likable, very down to earth, very um, humble in a way. So you feel a bit more sympathy with Ali, which makes him a good jobber, whereas you feel more of a, well, look how cool Ricochet is, if if that makes any sense whatsoever. Yeah, that makes sense, and that's kind of uh, why I put him in the lower mid card. I looked at the four people that I had left, which were uh, in alphabetical order, Andrade, Braun Strowman, Drew McIntyre, and Randy Orton. And Ricochet, and I was like, you know what? Uh, I can't put Ricochet above any of the other ones except for the person I obviously put in mid-card. And given the option, I feel like this is a little bit of a cheat answer, but, you know, I mean, fuck it, it's my thing, so, you know, whatever. Uh, He hasn't established himself yet. Like, he has not won anything other than the... North American Championship, which was the mid-card of the developmental territory. So, moving on to the main roster, he was a part of three tag team championship title matches in one week. And he didn't even win those. He's competing for the Money in the Bank, and it would be awesome if he won the Money in the Bank, just because it would be like, whoa, that really that's really cool. Big fan of Ricochet. But for right now, he can be in that lower mid-card spot and start working his way up. It's my rationality behind that. And I felt those exact words, but with Mustafa Ali. Because I really like him. There's something about him that connects. He seems very personable, and I think he can go far the same way that, you know, guys like Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio and Cruiserweights 20 years ago went far. I think he has that ability. Can he go far or can he go hard? No, that's the revival. Isn't that what his uh, lyrics are too? I'm going to go hard. I'm going to go hard. Oh, yeah. Hey. So, yeah, he's going to go far and he's going to go hard. (laughs) 
Uh, I went with Ricochet as well. Uh, a lot of similar reasons to Tony. He's less established. He's only just started out in the main roster, so he can afford to take a few hits before they decide to actually push him t- towards a higher level going forward. Uh, he can obviously have great matches with anyone, so it's not too much of an issue on that side of things. Uh, just more along the lines of has a bit more of a cool factor and an edge to him over Ali. And while I think Ricochet is a star that could be on the rise, I already think that even though he only came up to the main roster from 205 Live at the turn of the year, I think Ali's star has already started to plateau. Can, that, can we agree that given their movesets and the way they're positioned right now, they're almost like... Like, Raw is... Raw has Ricochet, SmackDown has Ali, but they're interchangeable. Kind of. I think Ricochet's got momentum. Yeah, he's. Um, I think he's got more about him going forward. He lost to Mr. Mustachio, and then he was gifted with the spot in this ladder match just because he's going to jump off of stuff. Well, Ali lost against Finn Balor. And, yeah, he's, and I can't remember the last time he won a match, and yet he's in this as well. Yeah, because he's going to jump off of stuff. That's... Yeah, they're both just going to jump off stuff. And it's going to be glorious. It is. And Robert Roode's not in the match. <laughs> Shame. So we have four spots left, and we have three people that have not been mentioned yet. Uh, Andrade, Drew McIntyre, and Randy Orton. And then we've got the wild card, which is uh, we got a little bit of Braun Strowman on the table, and I don't remember who the other person was that Finn hasn't Balor. been said yet. Finn Balor. So... Uh, we might be lining up a little bit on some ways here. I know that we're lining up on one of them. My mid-carter, though, is Andrade. Uh, the notes that I had written down was, give him the belt, the mid-card belt. <laughs> I think he's a perfect spot right now that he could win the United States or the Intercontinental Championship and do wonders with it. And that's not necessarily like... You know, the upper mid-card spot could take that spot, or a main eventer could be the champion. I mean, they they play around with that all a lot, and I kind of looked at that as, like, Andrade being the mid-card champion or something is, uh, you know, if you put him in the mid-card and you equate the mid-card to, like, a Titus O'Neil type, then Andrade is better than that. But if you make it the mid-card as being, yeah, you're the top of the second level, that's where Andrade is. Well, let me tell you, give him the belt, the mid-card belt. My guy already has the mid-card belt. I put Finn Balor square in the mid-card, and I think he's great, but he's a great Intercontinental Champion and doesn't need to go too much further than that right now. So I like where he is. Let me just uh, switch this around a little bit. Since we have Andrade and Finn Balor in that spot, who would you be more comfortable being WWE champion first? I would want Finn Balor to be it more than Andrade, oddly enough, even though I have Andrade ranked higher. I think that's fair. I would want Finn Balor to be the WWE champion first as well. But that's because Andrade still has more to prove, whereas I think Finn Balor came in with so much hype from NXT and they've managed to kind of keep that aura, even though they don't always book him in the best way. Hmm. All right. So, Callum, you're uh, mid-carters. Are you 
going on the Andrade kind of range, or are you maybe putting Braun Strowman there? I'm putting Andrade there. Okay. Just along the lines of, yeah, the fact that that's sort of the level that he should be aiming at at the moment. I, I, this probably wouldn't be opinion shared by everyone, but I think he's the best wrestler out of everyone on that list. Just in terms of just overall ability, like he can, he does the high flying stuff. He can do just all the technical side of things. He's also strong enough that he can do a lot of power moves as well. So I think if you want to, if you're basically putting them all together and saying, I need to have a five star match with one of these people, I'd go with Andrade every time. And so I think the mid card, if you want to consider it as like the workhorse division, is perfect for him. And it can be a platform for him to be elevated upwards, but he needs to be like, contesting regularly for the Intercontinental or United States Championship. At least at this point, and then eventually go up to the main event afterwards. So let me see if I've got my crystal ball working correctly here. I'm going to try to guess the final three for you guys again. Rob, I'm thinking you got upper mid-card is Andrade. Main eventer is Drew McIntyre, and Hall of Famer is Randy Orton. Absolutely. And Callum, I'm thinking you're going upper mid card is Strowman. Uh, main eventer is Drew McIntyre, and Hall of Famer is Randy Orton. Uh, predictability. <laughs> uh, well, let's let's be fair here. I mean, we know that Randy's in the Hall of Fame, and McIntyre is the most likely candidate for main event. Well, so Tony just gets to my final spot. Well, Tony's one is McIntyre, Strowman, and then Owen. Yep, Strowman's my main eventer. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Because so, I, I just want to show I've got crystal ball as well. Yeah, <laughs> I don't See, want you to have just have ownership over it. There's, there's certainly an incredible argument for having Drew McIntyre be the main eventer, and I will even go as far as to say I'm potentially taking the wrong pick by saying Braun Strowman over him, but. I go with Strowman over him because I look at the two and I start comparing what I want my main eventer to be. And there's one thing that fell off for McIntyre for me. Accent. Uh, no, not the accent, obviously. Uh, I've, not obviously. Uh, incidentally, that's the word I was going for. Uh, I do think the accent's a little bit weird sometimes, but it's not like annoying like with like the Iconics where it's supposed to be, you know? Oh, I get it, Tony. He's too good looking. <laughs> Clearly. I think McIntyre as a heel is missing something. And Strowman as a babyface, I feel like he's more well-rounded of like, you can present to me Braun Strowman and I get it. And if you present McIntyre to me right now, I'm like, but what is making it to where he's not already champion? And that's like, it, there's doubt in McIntyre for me that just, it's making me throw this all for a loop. Like, he has the look. Clearly he does. He's tall. He's muscular. Good looking. He knows what he's doing in the ring. Even though I fucking hate his finisher, I do not think that that's a good move for him. That Why is he doing a big boot that he lands on his back from? It, it's so stupid. That needs to be fixed for sure. But there's just something missing. And I feel like with uh, Braun Strowman, he goes out there, he's a big hulking brute who is like kind of uh, Lenny from Of Mice of Men, <laughs> Of Mice of Men a little bit. And I like it. Like, it's just sort of, 
yeah, I'm going to fucking kick your ass. And it's like, yeah, go kick his ass. You know, like it's just, it's simple and it's dumb. And I, I don't know. It's kind of like, um, ultimate warrior ish or Hulk Hogan ish. Like I just, the suspension of disbelief, I guess, maybe, I don't know. Like what's a good way to put that? Like Braun Strowman, I feel is a complete entity and McIntyre is still missing something. So that's why I put him in the upper mid card, but by all means, you guys have him in the main event, and I totally understand that. Listen, the only thing Drew McIntyre is missing is a belt. They haven't <laughs> given it to him yet. He needs to beat Seth Rollins. Like, it needs to happen. He is the complete package. He is what you want your main event heel to be. And I think, and I know this isn't the predictions podcast, but he's got to be the guy walking out with that briefcase. Now, on the other end of that, I obviously would put the second guy I would think has the best chance of winning in my upper mid card, and that's Andrade. Because Andrade would also make a tremendous Mr. Money in the Bank. And he's got a lot to offer in terms of charisma, and he's got Zelina by his side. So I think that makes him a better commodity than somebody like a Finn Balor right now you know, on May 1st, 2019. So that's why I went with those two in the order that I did. And I'm guessing we'll talk about Randy in a minute. Kel? Well, obviously, if I'm going to keep Braun Strowman, he's got to be in a prominent position. But I put him in the upper mid card because he's already, like, like flirting in the big show territory, which is essentially... You're the giant that can occasionally be used for comment relief, occasionally be thrown into some sort of feud where you just beat up a couple of jobbers, and you can occasionally be world champion. It's really like a really wide spectrum. But I wouldn't put a young big show anywhere lower than an upper mid carder because, let's face it, look at the size of him. He's not going to lose many matches. And when he does lose matches, they should mean something. So, Have you followed the big show's career? Well, they really screwed him up but again I'm living in a fantasy world where I want Braun Strowman to actually I want Braun Strowman to be more Andre the Giant than the the big show. You want to learn from the lessons of the big show failure. Yes exactly. Uh, it's just a case of like Andre the Giant was very rarely if ever the main champion of a promotion but he was their biggest attraction because he won a lot of matches and was just a big start. You can do the same thing with Braun Strowman although you probably should give him the belt every now and again just because it's a big, he's a, a big guy who rarely loses, he's going to get title opportunities. But with Drew McIntyre, it's more of a case of he's a far better wrestler than Braun Strowman. He's almost the same size as Braun Strowman, obviously not in terms of girth, but in terms of just height. Uh, he's obviously got a great look. He's got very good promo skills. He's proven that he can be a grizzled, tough, no-nonsense baby face and despicable, like, vicious, sadistic heel. So he covers both bases there. So whichever side of the coin you want to put him at, he can play that role well. He's well-traveled. He's a veteran already. He's knows all the ins and outs of the wrestling business, and he's very, got very good psychology. There's really no downside to Drew McIntyre other than the fact that, for some reason, they don't want to give him the main title. And that's because they have other favourites at the moment that they want to push forward. Whereas, but basically, 
at a moment's notice, you can push Drew McIntyre and get him set up for the main event, which is what, which I think is the reason why he should be in that position. And that brings us all down to the same pick for Hall of Famer, which is Randy Orton, because you, I, you can't justify anything other than that. It has to be Randy Orton. Damn right, I, it does. It's I, just nobody on this list has accomplished as much as Randy Orton, and there's literally no argument against that point. He factually has the advantage. I mean, I so wish that I could. Just because it's Randy Orton, and there's very <laughs> and there's very few other people that I would do that with, but Randy Orton is like one of the rare exceptions that I would forego everything to do with the Hall of Fame stuff. The fact that he is a like if there's anybody else that could even potentially be guaranteed Hall of Famer outside of Orton in this list of people, I would have immediately released Randy Orton because I at least have an argument with someone else. But the fact that there's every single other person isn't a commodity that may or may not be in the Hall of Fame eventually based on how their career goes forward, whereas Randy Orton is a dead certainty. But I make the Hall of Fame proclamation with the proviso that he must immediately retire. He can <laughs> no longer compete in WWE. He cannot even come in for the odd Saudi Arabia show. He, I will never have to endure another three-minute chin lock segment. Actually, I'll never have to do it again, ever, because Orton will be in the Hall of Fame retired and Baron Corbin won't have even existed. So <laughs> I never have to see another chin lock ever again. Listen, unlike Callum, I thoroughly enjoy Randy Orton, and there's nobody, there's almost nobody on the roster that has the kind of credentials that he has. So absolutely he's in the Hall of Fame, and it's going to be... A sad day for fans my age when he does go in the Hall of Fame and retires. No, because it's it's a huge part of our, you know, formative years. Unfortunately, <laughs> <laughs> and he's got the best finisher, and there's going to be seven fantastic RKO's at this pay per view, and Randy deserves it. And give Drew McIntyre the belt, if not him, Andrade. And fuck Baron Corbin. I mean, this is kind of a Mary fuck kill, but I'm not picking that option of fucking Baron Corbin. <laughs> yeah, so let's break our list down again, uh, bottom to top. I went with Erasing Ali, unfortunately. Sad face. Releasing Finn Balor uh, for greener pastures than AEW. Jobbing out Baron Corbin. Ricochet in the lower mid card to work his way up. Andrade, because he has reached that point where he should be getting that mid card belt. Drew McIntyre in the upper mid card until he figures out that one little missing thing and upsets the main eventer, Braun Strowman, and then Randy Orton in the Hall of Fame. I had Baron Corbin erased from history because I'm not a monster like Tony and I don't want to get rid of the soul of 205 Live and erase 205 Live. I released Baron Corbin. Uh, soul Braun for soul. <laughs> I released Braun Strowman because he bores me. Ricochet is my jobber, unfortunately. That is a sad face. Lower mid-card Ali. Mid-card Finn Balor. Upper mid-card Andrade. Main event Drew McIntyre. Give him the belt. And Hall of Fame Randy Orton. He's already had all the belts. Uh, I am doing the world a favor and getting rid of Baron Corbin from history. I am uh, setting Finn Balor free to 
pursue pastors, pastures outside of WWE, uh, making Ali a very fun jobber, uh, putting Ricochet in the lower mid card, giving Andrade the Intercontinental Championship, uh, letting Braun Strowman being a better version of the Big Show, uh, giving Drew McIntyre the main belt because, of course, it's Drew McIntyre. Give him the belt, and putting putting Randy Orton. Uh, in the Hall of Fame, so he I never have to see him work a match ever again. <laughs> well, as I mentioned in the first part for the women's section, drop your comments below, everybody, and tell us what you think of our lists and what your lists are. Maybe you're all over the place. Maybe you got uh, Finn Balor as the Hall of Famer and uh, Andrade being erased, or I don't know, whatever the case may be. And uh, yeah, I think that's it for the call the spot. So before we say goodbye to you all, we're just going to give you some plugs here and let you know where else we got going on. Obviously, if you have not subscribed on the YouTube channel to Smart Out Moment, go ahead and do that and ring that little bell for the notifications. But if you're on iTunes and Stitcher, then that's a different kind of thing. Just leave us a review or a star rating or whatever different things these different platforms have. I don't even know exactly how many platforms that we're on. And um if you are on Twitter or you are on Facebook, then follow us there. They're both at Smarkout Moment. We've got the Redbubble and Tee Public shops that you can pick up merchandise for if you want to get like a sticker or I don't know. I think they have like beach bags now are available in Tee Public. They just they add new products all the time, and I lose track of them. But it's mostly T-shirt related. So hey, pick up a Smarkout Moment T-shirt. You can do the same with Fanboys Anonymous and a Mango Tees. There is the Patreon for both fanboys and for Smartout Moment. So if you want to, you know, toss the buck our way or fifty thousand dollars or something like that, then that'd be awesome. Hey, I like that idea. Yeah, you know, I I don't want to get anybody to bankrupt themselves, but uh, money's awesome and money helps, and that's why we keep doing what we're doing. So if you want to help us keep the lights on, then you know, even a buck can go a long way, especially if everybody chips in a little bit. Uh, shout out to all the people that are a part of that particularly guest five. I think he is the highest ranked right now. And um, another way that you guys can support us is just by liking this video or by visiting the website and sharing us and kind of tossing the word out to your friends and kind of sharing all the information like that. So smartoutmoment.com is where you're going to find everything, including the non-podcast side of things like Battle of the Brands and the power rankings and wrestle uh, women's wrestling weekly and all the other kind of things, triple thread, of course, and uh, pay-per-view coverage and all that stuff. That's all on smartcapmoment.com. I've got some other stuff on e-wrestling news and bleacher report that you will see here and there posted. And you can kind of figure that out the most by going to smartcapmoment.com and seeing the little foreign object section, or just following my Facebook and Twitter Fanboysanonymous.com is where I take care of the geek culture side of things. So if you want to know what I think of Avengers Endgame, I'm not going to spoil anything here, but there is a review up on that. And I have tons of articles that I want to write and I just don't have the time. But I hope that I can get around to doing things like how would I end the Marvel Universe? Different things like that. That's a series I actually want to do. Uh, there's Patreon for fanboys. So if you want to motivate me to take the time out of my lack of sleep schedule to do those kind of things, then toss a buck that way and subscribe on Facebook and Twitter and subscribe to the YouTube channel and all that stuff on fanboys. I think that's it that I've got. I don't think that there's anything else that I haven't mentioned yet, but if there is, you guys should know by now you're pretty much the regulars. So thanks for doing that, everybody. I'm going to pass this around. The baton is over to you, Callum. Well, you can find me on Twitter at Wigmeister14. 
uh, in terms of the uh, weeklies for this week, then you should check out the power rankings and check out Women's Wrestling Weekly from the previous two weeks because I wrote those and also going forward because Gabby does a great job with those. And also you have 2001 Wrestling Odyssey, which... Uh, we just did our April edition that just dropped earlier this week. So go back and check that one as well as the January, February, March and WrestleMania X7 special edition. Uh, the May one will be coming up uh, a lot later in this month when I have the time to research and get all the formatting together. You know how podcasts work. Uh, and then I'll pass it over to Rob. All right. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DudeFelice. You can check out e-wrestling news the ring report uh, timekillerapparel.com which is my clothing brand the wrestlezone daily which i'm about to literally go record as soon as i get off this wonderful recording may 16th which i believe is a thursday so not two weeks from tomorrow we will be doing the yummy in the bank ladder match where if you followed in January with Fast Food Royal Rumble, we're doing the same thing, but this time it's fast food mascots attempting to grab the briefcase, and it'll be very fun, and we're looking to put out merch, and the proceeds will go to a charity that fights hunger. So, you know, just doing a lot of good deeds around the internet world, and that is it for me. Alrighty, everybody, that's going to be it for this Call the Spot. Thank you for listening to this. We will see you next time. This has been another Smart Out Moment. And we're being counted out.